Hello, and welcome to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast. Every week, Talking Heads will bring you in-depth insights and analysis through the lens of sustainability on the topics that really matter to investors. In this episode, we'll be discussing the outlook for small cap stocks. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Jeff Daly, Portfolio Manager of our small cap portfolios. Thank you, Daniel. Good to be here. So when we think about small cap stocks, I think we've all been told uh, that there's supposed to be long-term outperformance from small caps for, for various reasons. And perhaps a bit of the disappointment or, or surprise recently is that hasn't quite worked out uh, as planned. And I think I'd like to hear from you, Jeff, uh, what are some of the reasons there might be for that? And in particular, I think it's relevant now as we're moving into, or have already begun, a Fed hiking cycle. And in fact, if you look historically how small caps have performed when the Fed is hiking rates, uh, they actually have generally outperformed the S&P 500. So whatever uh, hindrances perhaps we've had recently, uh, the outlook might be a bit brighter. But let's start with the history then. Uh, when you look at how small caps have performed versus large cap, what's your sense of what the drivers for that might be, Jeff? Thank you, Daniel. Yes, it's been a, uh, a tough environment for small caps, having underperformed large caps pretty dramatically in an environment, as you said, where inflation and higher rates uh, have historically produced outperformance. And, and many thought that small caps would shine in this environment. I think there are a few factors behind the underperformance. Uh, the primary one, in our view, uh, is the specter of recession. Economic growth estimates have softened, and, and notable economists have forecasted recession odds at up to 35%. This threat has increased risk aversion across markets and is clearly weighing on small cap sentiment. So I think investors have really fast-forwarded to the view that a recession is the most likely outcome, if not an inevitable one. And with that type of risk-off backdrop, it's really tough for, for small caps to gain traction. Uh, I also think there are a couple of dynamics unique to small caps that have caused a divergence in performance within specific industry groups when you compare large and small. Uh, one area is biotech. Small cap biotech stocks have underperformed large cap biotechs by 1,500 basis points over the last six months. In 2020 and 2021, there was a flood of capital raised and a number of IPOs in small cap biotech. Uh, but as we moved into 2022, those newly public biotechs need more capital to support growth, uh, yet financing costs are higher and capital is tougher to come by. The larger caps without these funding needs are, are, are more insulated from this dynamic. So small cap biotechs have uniquely been under extraordinary pressure. And it's and it's not just the select biotechs that have the financing needs. It's the uh, it's really the entire group that's been painted with this broad brush in, in small cap land. I also think there's been a, a stark performance divergence in some defensive sectors like staples and utilities when you compare large to small. While these are these are definitely smaller components of the index, but there's been some, uh, some meaningful discrepancies in performance that are worth highlighting. Large caps have outperformed by close to 1,000 basis points year to date in these two classically safe haven groups. So if you think of about a group like Staples, uh, and particularly the, the small cap ones, it's it's just in an inflationary environment, it's harder for those small cap companies to, to manage through rising transport, 
raw material and labor costs. The larger staples companies that have the the scale uh, to manage through the cost and supply chain burdens are really proving to be more defensive and, and hanging in there better than their, their smaller cap peers. And I think that's weighed on, on these classically defensive groups as well. So really all that's sort of coalesced into a view that that small cap's just not the place to be right now. And, we, and we've seen some, uh, unfortunately, we've seen some outflows from the asset class, Daniel. Well, that's a, a perfect segue then into kind of the obvious next question. That's all the past. Uh, we hopefully understand a bit better why we've had that underperformance. I guess the key question now for investors is, where do we go from here? Right. That's that's the uh, the better side of the equation. The good news from all this is that small cap valuations have contracted materially and uh, sentiment is decidedly negative. The asset class is trading as if there's a high probability recession and expects a, a notable reduction in earnings growth. So if you look at relative valuation of the Russell 2000 versus the S&P 500 on a number of metrics, whether it's price to book, EV to sales, price to free cash flow, PE, they're all approaching or breach 10-year lows. Uh, in addition, you have key sentiment measures like advisor bull bear ratio and, and consumer sentiment ratios that are also near 10-year lows. To us, these measures are in the high risk aversion in the market are really positive contrarian signals. Uh, if you look at the performance of the Russell 2000, it's now down just over 20% peak to trough. And historically, small caps have averaged a 17% decline from the first through the first half of recessions. So we've really already surpassed the typical downdraft we see during recessions in small caps. Given in the second half of recessions, small caps actually perform quite nicely. So again, the good news here is small caps are acting like a recession's at hand. Um, yet it's very feasible we, we get a manageable slowdown here. In the near term, uh, continued volatility in small caps would not surprise us. The market's still searching for clarity on a number of key macro factors. I think a few big ones are the sustainability of inflationary pressures, uh, the pace of Fed actions. We need a resolution to the supply chain disruptions, and, and obviously we have an eye on the, uh, the path of the war in Ukraine as well. For us, with a team of seasoned sector experts focused on fundamentals and idiosyncratic ideas, this, we see the volatility as an opportunity. We can find those resilient companies and, and with those enduring competitive advantages, and we can uh, find those long-term winners at, at more attractive prices, given the downdraft. As an example, we look at something like a pullback in biotech. Clearly, it's been a very difficult market, but we see it as an opportunity uh, to differentiate, right? Our healthcare analysts have been investing in biotechs for 20 years. They have, through the cycle, track records of outperforming. Uh, so they've navigated this type of environment before, and no, nothing's changed. They're still looking for those innovative companies with differentiated drugs for, for unmet clinical needs, and they're just going to find them at better prices. Uh, we'll be patient, and we're highly cognizant of the poor sentiment, but uh, we think we'll find the great ideas in the space. If we take a longer-term view here, yeah, small caps have historically outpaced most other asset classes. We feel trends that have driven that are, are, are still in place, right? We still have superior growth in our view. We have the market inefficiencies are still in place, and we expect greater activity to persist. Uh, and I think it'll actually be aided by some new structural drivers for small caps, including deglobalization and uh, improving ESG characteristics. 
so in sum, I think valuations are attractive. Uh, the stocks are starting to reflect an elevated prospect of a recession. And we think we can navigate and capitalize on near-term volatility and, and the long-term structural drivers for small caps are, are still in place. I think it's a very good point to make now, given the performance we've seen of, of looking to be contrarian, you know, the old adage to be greedy when everyone else is fearful or vice versa. You've talked quite a bit about the impact of sectors on the relative performance. And I think another one that might be quite critical are financials. So in general, in a rising rate environment, there generally should be a positive uh, situation for financials, rising yields. Uh, nonetheless, it's been a roller coaster year for financials within the Russell 2000. How do you see the prospects for the group? Yeah, I think we came into the year, financials and banks in particular uh, were a beloved group. As you said, the, the higher interest rate environment and a, a benign economic environment typically bode well for the group with prospects of solid loan growth, net interest income, and benign credit quality, which are the, the primary driver of bank earnings. So many investors viewed this as a, as a great way to play uh, the environment they expected late last year. However, as we got into, uh, into 2022 with the outbreak of war and, and the prospect of slower economic growth, investors quickly looked through the benefit of the higher rates and to the eventual increase in credit costs, the reduction in capital markets activity and slower loan growth, and the group has really sold off. We really have to differentiate here uh, between the fundamental earning drivers and business mixes between small cap banks and large cap banks, because I think it has a uh, it's important for forward performance of these two groups. Small caps are by nature domestic plays. They do not have the exposure to potential overseas credit issues or an international growth deceleration larger peers may. Uh, and probably more importantly, small cap banks have much greater leverage to higher rates, given almost 80% of revenues are driven by spread income. So banks' net interest margins have been very depressed given the low interest rate environment. Now we're finally starting to see that uh, Fed hiking cycle. So as the Fed hikes, bank asset yields will rise quickly while their cost of funds will lag, creating meaningful spread expansion and earnings growth. The larger cap banks just don't have the same leverage to the rates uh, given business mix. The larger banks have greater exposure to more economically sensitive segments like capital markets or asset management, which may not have the same tailwind going forward. So in brief, I mean, small cap banks are more insulated from global weakness and have more leverage to rising interest rates, thus, in our view, have a, have a better outlook for earnings growth uh, going forward. We're now a little more than halfway through uh, first quarter bank earnings season, and post the reports, estimates are moving higher for both 22 and 23. Consumer and commercial balance sheets remain in good shape, loan pipelines are solid, and forward-looking credit and Indicators are, are constructive. Small cap banks are now trading at 10 times uh, 2023 earnings. Uh, that compares to the long run average, they, closer to 14 times next 12 months PE. So while we're cognizant and obviously watchful of the potential for slowing loan growth and credit deterioration, we think the risk reward is pretty favorable at this juncture. We invest in some of the most forward thinking tech enabled banks and high quality differentiated traditional banks that are gaining share in their markets. So uh, we, while we're watchful, we're, we're positive on this group and, uh, and think financials and, and banks can, can outperform here. 
I think that's a really key insight, what you said about earnings estimates moving up as, as we get the results coming in from the earnings season. So we look at uh, the index more broadly, not just in the U.S., but globally. At an index level, EPS revisions actually happen positive, but that's been almost entirely driven by commodities sectors. And if you look outside commodities, uh, revisions have been negative. So the fact that you are seeing positive revisions within small cap, I think, is, is quite supportive. Uh, some of the other interesting points that you made, if we think about the historic underperformance, uh, number one, markets perhaps too eagerly pricing in the risk of a recession, uh, perhaps the exposure and the underperformance of biotech hitting small cap uh, particularly hard. Uh, and within the defensive sector, an inflationary environment that at least recently has been a bit more challenging for small caps. But on the other hand, and thinking of the future, valuations now very attractive near 10-year lows. Uh, send them at this point negative. So if you're a contrarian, it would seem to be the time to actually turn more positive on the sector. And another interesting point that you made is that deglobalization will probably play to small cap strengths relative to large caps. Well, Jeff, thank you very much for joining us. That's it for this week's episode of Talking Heads. If you would like more information, please reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact or check out our Investors Corner blog. We recommend subscribing to Talking Heads on your favorite podcast channel. You receive your podcast episodes every Monday afternoon. If you like the podcast, leave us a positive review and a nice rating. Just before we go, I'd like to mention that the Talking Heads podcast is also available on YouTube. Visit YouTube slash BNPPAM slash playlist and tap or click on Talking Heads. You've been listening to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast with me, Daniel Morris and Jeff Daly. This podcast presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.